0: guys welcome to the how to dad podcast my name is devin pierce we are live on mixer every sunday yeah almost on time usually (laughs) all right put away that preview because it's already distracting me because that's just how my brain works apparently so guys we are live here on mixer pretty much on time every week We aim for 6 p.m. Mountain. Daylight savings time right now. And I am going to... I don't know what this hum is. Keeps coming and going.
1: Make sure my phone volume
0: is off. So we aren't interrupted today. Because that has happened in the past, hasn't it? It is June 2nd. Look at that. We're already in June. Like, what? Where did May even go? Really? 2019. Each week here, I bring you guys tips, tricks for parenting, adulting, and life as a whole to share some of the tools from my figurative toolbox and help you be better equipped for life's care. great adventure. I just about stuttered that word, but we got her. If you are live in the chat, be sure to come say Hi. I would love to interact with you guys. In fact, if we get enough people showing up for the live shows, I'll even do a little bit of a hangout afterwards and uh, chat with you guys. So come check it over on Mixer. If you're not on the Mixer platform, that's great. It is a newer platform, so I understand. Today is episode 12, and we're going to be talking about wildlife safety. And the reason we're going to be talking about wildlife safety, guys, is because, well... People are going out and camping. And we aren't alone out on the trails. So, as you guys know, I wasn't here last week. I was gone to Texas-Fort Worth for a geocaching event, which is what usually gets me out in the woods. So it's been a while since we had an episode. I had a great time. Um, Interestingly enough, the geocaching event even though it's like the first real geocaching we've done in a while for me and the spouse and we were doing our vlogs for our other YouTube channel the um, the interesting part about that for me was that it actually inspired me with a couple of different ideas for content for for a lot inspired me for a bunch of different content on the dad's class channel so that was kind of cool uh, some of it geocaching related, maybe, but not all of it. So that was an interesting little detour of my thought process. I was really impressed that I was able to actively participate in the geocaching, but also um, you know, apply what I was involved with onto my other projects as well. So that was pretty cool. And while we were gone, we had some run-ins with a few different wild critters, including a tarantula. Really, I'm gonna call it tarantula. It's way bigger spider than anything I have to deal with here in Alberta, so it's tarantula as far as I'm concerned. Um, lots of other spiders. We saw a five-banded armadillo. That was cool. I haven't seen one in the wild. Like I've seen some at. Um, zoos and nature preserves and stuff. And I've seen them uh, taxidermied. But I've never seen just eating food and running around the woods. That was cool. And we saw one live turtle that was trying to cross a road. So we scurried it along. And then we also saw a what appeared to have been a turtle that landed on its back. And then just died and rotted out. So we got some pictures of its shell. All emptied out and stuff which was really cool um, their spine is actually integrated into the shell itself so with the rest of the turtle gone we could see inside the shell we can see the spine of it and all of its ribs lining the lining the top of the shell which was really cool oh and there was a raccoon and he seemed pretty young he was just kind of curious about us we were out at night that was interesting too uh, for those of you who don't know, I live here in Alberta, Canada. And specifically, I live in an area where sometimes we get raccoons. The biggest spider we have is the daddy at long legs. We definitely do not have armadillos here, but that would be awesome. Uh, no turtles. We have some snakes occasionally, but definitely lacking on that populace in recent years. But our two main concerning animals are cougars and bears. They are our big threatening type animal. And on that note, today's suggested readings are actually these three little guys here. These were provided to us by our local wildlife offices down at the provincial building here in town. We happened to be in the provincial building, and the kids were getting bored. We were there for other things. So we took the kids around and visited all the other offices in the building, and they asked people, you know, what is this office for? What do you guys do here? And the wildlife office gave us these Bear Smart and Cougar Smart pamphlets, as well as activity books for the kids, stickers, and tattoos. So that's really cool. Um, you know, they didn't, people don't have to take the time to interact with children and it's just really awesome when they do. So kudos to them. We're going to talk about cougars first because, well, people think they know cougars because they have a cat at home and that's definitely not the way to look at it. The... The cougars are the biggest cat of the cat family in Canada, and we're not going to talk about bears until a different show, simply because there's so much information, I decided to split this up. We're going to do them probably next week, because I want this to be sooner, as I do find it to be important information, and it is camping season, so people are going to be interacting with these animals in our area so so cougars and we're talking about the four-legged cats let's just be clear here the first thing we're going to talk about guys is the prevention prevention is the easiest way to avoid an interaction with a wild animal and quite simply avoiding attracting them to you so how can you prevent attracting an animal to where you live or interact hang out whatever if you're like me I actually live in what is considered cougar country so we're going to start with some tips around your home you can do so around your home one of the key things you want to do to avoid attracting cougars to your house is avoid attracting other animals, specifically deer, to your property as, well, it's never a good thing to feed any wildlife, because they become dependent on you as a provider, and they tend to move away from their natural instincts, you gather their own food, and such and such and such, and basically by providing food to animals such as deer, you are providing bait for what the cougars eat. So make sure your garbage can is a, has a proper fitting lid or is in a style that animals can't easily get into. Also, if you have any bird feeders, clean up around them so that the additional bird seed isn't attracting other animals that might be wanting to eat it. And never leave your pet's food outside because that will attract other critters. Another thing that you want to do when you're in a cougar country is you don't want to provide sources of shelter. So you're going to be making sure that you keep your uh, shrubbery and your trees trimmed, you know, get the branches that are near the ground trimmed up so that you can see underneath the trees Um, so that nothing is hiding underneath them and that you know that. Also, you want to close off any spaces like under your deck or around adjacent buildings on your property but nothing can be hiding under those either. This isn't just good for cougars this will also help you keep raccoons and other pests out and away from your property. In your backyard it is also suggested that you have motion activated lights as this could startle or Deter animals from entering it when all of a sudden lights come on. They are typically... Most animals like to hang out when it's not so sunny out. And when we aren't doing as much ourselves... At dusk, dawn, and nighttime. Suddenly getting really bright. It's like... Same thing as when somebody turns the light on and you're not ready to get out of bed. It's pretty bright really quick. If you have pets and you're living in Cougar Country... If they have an outdoor shelter of any kind, you want to make sure that the structure of that shelter is strong and secure, including that the roof is attached firmly. Uh, This could be if you have a dog run, a chain link dog run as an example. You want to make sure it has a roof because cougars can pounce into said cages and instead of having something to keep your dogs contained and cougars out without a roof, you're just You're giving them fast food on a dinner plate. Also, it's recommended that if you're going to take your dogs for a walk, you want to be doing that during daylight hours. Stick to marked and groomed trailheads as they typically have more human activity and will deter uh, wild animals from coming those ways. And if you live in like an acreage where maybe you don't have your whole area fenced off, be sure to monitor your animal's outdoor activity, keeping them close to you or limiting how much free roam they have so that they don't get too close to an area where cougars might be, such as in the thick of the woods.
1: Just to keep them safe.
0: This channel is a lot about parenting, so when it comes to keeping your children safe, As much as like your dogs or cats, you want to also monitor their outdoor activity. If they're outside playing and you don't have a barrier from the naturally wooded areas, make sure your kids aren't straying too close to them. Especially if there's been recent sightings of cougars in the area, as typically if they are in the area, it's because they are hungry. They don't like being around us. Also, your kids shouldn't be out during nighttime hours. You want them out in the daylight so that they can see what's around them and they can be seen by you. Another thing you want to do with your kids is you want to work through and practice with them the proper responses to cougar sightings. Uh, we'll get into it a bit more later on in the episode here, but you don't want them to scream or startle a cougar when they spot one, as an example, and you want to coach them through that if you're living in a high-risk area of interaction. Now, if you're like me and you're a geocacher, you're out in the wild on a regular basis, and there's a few things you need to do to keep yourself safe while on the trails. This includes looking for signs that there may be a cougar in the area, such as tracks, scat, which, by the way, big cats even like to pick up the dirt and try to bury their bodily wastes, much like your cat in a litter box, Uh, scrapings on woods or in dirt, and also covered-up kills. Apparently, much like college students, they live for leftovers more so than fresh food. Be sure that you're alert and not to allow yourself to be distracted by wearing headphones or anything else that might distract you from what's going on around you while you're out hiking, geocaching, or camping. I totally expected like the wife to scare me right at that because it would have been like perfect timing. I can hear she's upstairs though. If you are going to be Out in the woods, you should also also always travel in a group. If you're traveling with children, they should be placed in between a set of adults. This way, the adult at the rear of the group can ensure that the children are staying on the path, and the adult at the front of the group ensures that no one is running ahead. You just kind of keep them contained and supervised between two adults. If you have More than two adults, of course, you can split up those responsibilities by placing adults throughout the group of children, but it should always be an adult at the front and an adult at the rear. Should something decide to come into contact with you, you have a better chance of survival than a child does. Also, before you go out on the trails, I would personally recommend checking in that area if you're not familiar with it, even more so, has there been any recent sightings or problems with wildlife of any kind on the trails you intend on participating in? If you, for example, are going to go heading up um, a mountainous trail area and there have been reports at the trailhead of numerous sightings, you might want to pick a different trail just to avoid the chance of you being. Interacted with. Nice way of putting it. And of course, as always, with any trip anywhere, whether it's to the shopping mall or across the country, be prepared. If you're going to head out on the trails, carry some bear spray with you. Though it is labeled bear spray, it does work on cougars. Or humans, also. Uh, noisemakers or maintaining conversation between the lead and the caboose of the group you're in constant conversation creates a bunch of noise that will usually defer an animal from wanting to come around you this little pamphlet here talks about cougars specifically, also something I wouldn't have thought of, and that I kind of thought it would be counterproductive They suggest making sure you have a walking stick so it can be used as a weapon to defend yourself.
1: Only in absolute they are
0: trying to touch your person situations. Another fun fact I learned from reading this information is that contrary to popular belief, cougars may actually be attracted to your dogs rather than deterred from them by having them with you. So it is actually recommended you leave your dogs at home, or at least keep them on a leash and close to you so they aren't running off after wild animals. When being prepared, you should also make sure you have a means of communication. Now, everybody has a cell phone these days. However, cell phone service is not always reliable, especially if you're living in or near the mountain areas. Or traveling in them. So I would recommend you spend the extra money and purchase yourself an emergency signal-equipped GPS. I actually don't have one of those. I have a couple other units, but none of mine have an SOS number. Button thing. But if you're going to be spending a lot of time out on the trails, especially in unfamiliar territory, it would be worth the investment. Not in my notes, but along the same lines, when you are going out Whether you're in a group or not, be sure that someone else is aware of your plans in case something does happen and you are unable to call for help. I recently shared a post to a camping group. That's a little sign that says, Hikers, have a plan. Take a compass. It's really awkward when you have to eat your friends. Take that with a grain of salt. Now, let's talk a little bit about cougar population management. Specifically here in Alberta, as that's what this pamphlet is about. But I would have to gander that it's uh, probably pretty close to the way that cougar population is managed in most locations in North America. Some quick facts about population management. A healthy cougar population in years where deer, elk, or moose numbers are high indicates a thriving and healthy ecosystem. So it's a good thing to see a lot of cougars. If you don't, it means that the other things aren't plentiful enough to maintain that population, which could show signs and symptoms of a failing ecosystem due to various different things. Such as wildfires. Populations in Alberta are managed with public hunting seasonings. Seasonings?
1: Seasons.
0: These hunting seasons are used to maintain healthy populations and reduce conflicts with people. They also prevent the cougars from over hunting their food source while also providing hunters with something to hunt in a sustainable way. Hunting season ranges from November up until February. However, it is based entirely off of a numbers game with a specific quota in mind. Once the number is hit, hunting season is closed, regardless of whether or not or where in the season it is so if they want 100 harvested for that season and you get all 100 in the first month well season's over done skadoot if you'd like more information about the cougar hunting practices and seasons you can go to mywildalberta.com m-y-w-i-l-d-a-l-b-e-r-t-a dot com mywildalberta.com, mywildalberta.com. Now, there is an exception to that, however. If you are a private landowner, and as long as you do not use dogs to wrangle the cougar or traps to snare them, you are permitted to hunt them on your own property, and this does not require a license. However, you are required to register the kill within one week with your local wildlife management enforcement people because they actually I'm assuming don't actually know this for a fact but I'm assuming that they take those kills into account when they are determining what number they want for the next hunting season. I just call it seasoning again apparently all hunters are seasonings or are looking for seasonings maybe not really sure what that's about hunting seasons also in Alberta While a cougar may be removed from an area because of it killing livestock or pets, or maybe has threatened humans and population safety concerns, they will never be relocated for the purpose of wildlife management of other animal populations such as deer, which I kind of thought was an interesting concept. Because I know for a fact that in Yellowstone National Park in the States, they actually purposely moved coyotes back into, or was it wolves? Wolves back into the National Park area. And saw that by including the hunter at the top of the food chain, it actually created a much more stable ecosystem. I'm kind of curious as to the logic behind this, but pretty cool to know.
1: Roof of my mouth is itchy from my allergies. Drive me bonkers.
0: Other things in the province of Alberta, there has been confirmed cougar sightings throughout the entirety of the province. And if you're not from around here, we're only a few hundred yards smaller than Texas. We're not a small province. Typically, they are only found in the mountainous or foothills regions. However, they have been seen as far as the Parkland and Boreal regions as well. They are highly adaptable animals and do well in pretty much any part of Canada. Due to the general shyness of the cougar not wanting to be around people because we're noisy, obnoxious, loud, and probably not that tasty because we're all full of chemicals preservatives um it's actually difficult for the government to get an exact population number and there's a little bit of a guessing game involved in that based off of known sightings and previously tagged animals and even the map of the cougars range or their living zone is mostly up to speculation again based off of what sightings have been reported most human cougar interactions are the result of juvenile cougars where having, a, where they are having a difficulty establishing their own territory against other cougars or finding a an acceptable food source for themselves. So they start pushing in on human territories simply out of desperation, not out of any kind of desire. Something to keep in it- in the forefront of your mind, if you are seeing them closer to human uh, settlements, it is probably because they are young and stupid. Much like our juveniles. You know, some things are pretty consistent throughout all mammals. All right. Now, let's say you have seen a cougar. One is out in the distance and, or has passed by you. You've maybe just seen a few sightings like we talked about earlier. And now it's time for you to act or rather react appropriately. Appropriately being the key word here, guys. If there is a great deal of distance between yourself and the cougar and they have shown zero interest in you, like bye Felicia do not provoke the animal. Don't yell at it. Don't throw things at it. Don't, Scream at it, don't run. That provokes things. Um, yeah, Hunting class animals have a specific rod to cone ratio in the ocular structures of their well, oculus, the eyeballs. The, um, in that they are keen to noticing movement more so than details or colors. Uh, human male eyes are also set up the same way. That's why most men are blue-red colorblind and argue over whether or not something is peach or salmon When they're women. This allows a hunter to pick up on the slightest movement of what could potentially be prey, and they don't really need the fine details or even the colors to discern it from its environment because they can see that it is moving differently than the environment. You want to bring your group close together. This will make you look like one larger thing and not just a bunch of little things that maybe it might be able to pick one or two off of. This is especially true if you're traveling with children and pets. You want to move backwards away from the animal, maximizing the distance between you without running or turning your back. Because animals aren't dumb if they can see your eyes they know you can see it and they will be less likely to make sudden movements or be aggressive because they want to be sneaky sneaky like 5 year old children trying to be ninjas they don't realize that you can see them probably better than they can see you Um, like most cats, cougars are uh, ovically Pupiled, that's really a word, but they have an oval pupil and they are designed to accept light at lower lighting settings. So if you're out on the trails during daylight, their vision is actually not as good as if it was daytime or dusk, dawn or nighttime. So you actually have an advantage over them because they believe you see as little detail as they do in the bright light. Just keep an eye on them. Back away slowly, do not turn your back on them. It's almost like putting a target on your back when you do that. Make sure, if you have been properly prepared, that the bear spray you brought with you is in hand and that you know how to use it in case the cooter decides he wants to investigate what's over there moving.
1: feel like I'm going a little faster.
0: Definitely going to have to take some antihistamines when I'm done the podcast. Now, let's say the cougar is moving towards you. Now, there may be hissing, you know, like an angry cat does. And even tracking your movements, really staring at you. curious about what you're doing if they are intently focused on you, this is a lot different than if they don't care because there is an interest in you which means that they are more likely to approach you you know, not to be judgmental of predatory predatorial species but uh, they are a predator if they have an interest in you, it's because you look like food okay? keep it basic, Let's keep it simple Keep everybody on the same page here. Again, do not turn your back on them. Do not run away from them, because you're just inviting them to attack you at that point. They're already watching you, so be very mindful of how you are moving. Show the cougar you are not afraid. Bolster a little bit. Puff up your chest as it is. Stand tall and proud and... If you can pick up your child without kneeling down to do so, then bring them up into your arms because they do move slower and it's better if you can all move as a group. Otherwise, if you can't do it without making yourself look small, just hold them close to you so that you can bring them up into you if needed. Ensure that you're being heard by the cougar. Make some noise. Not yelling at it. Do not be aggressive to it. But just conversate louder with the people around you. I'm backing away from you, Mr. Cougar. Please do not have an interest in me. Look over there. There's a nice little female cougar. Maybe over that way. Leave me alone. But you don't want to be aggressive towards them. So make sure you're keeping your voice calm-ish. Best you can, I mean. Until you've been in that situation, you have no idea whether or not you're capable of being calm in that situation. Make yourself look bigger. Not just by puffing up your chest, but opening up your jacket and even flapping it like it's a set of wings. Um, sacrifice one of your backpacks. If you have a specific, let's say, you're traveling with a group of three or four adults, Sometimes you guys will each take care of your own pack, but other groups may have a specific backpack for majority of their food. Not all of it, but their main supper or whatever for camping out. Sacrifice that so that you can distract the cougar long enough to give yourself more distance. Let's face it, you're walking backwards. Unless you're like me, who used to walk backwards purposely just to practice it when I was going home from school as a small child... Chances are you're going to move really bloody slow because you're uncertain about what's behind you. The the slight distraction of you sacrificing a $60 or $100 backpack plus the contents could save your life. Use your bear spray preemptively. If it is approaching on you, spray some of the spray. As it gets closer, the scent of it will tend to deter them from wanting to continue even though you're not actually getting any of the spray into their eyes or nose they will still smell it as they get closer and it's not something that you want in your nose nor do the cats
1: here's the big one let's say
0: that the cougar has made contact with you which means they have actually attacked you and touched your body that sounds inappropriate doesn't it
1: here's where you really need to keep your head
0: both literally and figuratively put up a fight make sure that it knows you are not easy to go down and you are going to put up a fight use your bear spray Fight back with anything you can find as a weapon. If you have a walking stick, as we mentioned previously in the episode, start swinging. If you get knocked down, you gotta get up again. I'm fighting the urge to sing Chumbawamba. I really am. Sorry. Now,
1: don't let...
0: As soon as possible, you want to get back up on your feet. Because if you get balled up, the cougar is going to win. Do not let the cougar get on top of you and never play dead with a cougar. They don't care if you look dead. They make sure you're dead and then bury you. Because they like to come back for leftovers. If you manage to successfully scare off a cougar after it has made contact with you, you need to be vigilant and ensure you're keeping a mindful eye out for its return, just in case it decides to try again. Head directly for a safe place and do not stop keeping your head on a swivel until you know for sure you are safe. This is getting back to the trailhead where there's people in a parking lot, locking yourself in your car, and calling for help. If you've had contact with a cougar, chances are you are going to need medical assistance. And chances are, whether you realize it or not, you and or members of your group may be in shock. Basic standard first aid, here's a tip. Make everybody sit down. It takes more effort to stand up than it does to walk away. So once you get to a safe place, whether it's inside of a building or inside of a car, have everyone in your group sit down. That includes yourself. If you are in shock, you don't make rational decisions, and this will prevent someone in shock from walking off back into the woods and getting attacked. Just FYI, that is from my own personal knowledge about basic first aid. I'm fully certified, by the way. Next up, guys, I have just some quick facts about cougars that aren't necessarily related to your safety, but just something from this pamphlet that I thought were interesting to know. Cougars may be active during any time of day. Though they do prefer dusk, dawn, and night hours for their hunting times, they will migrate and move around during the day just as easily. They do not like to climb trees, which I thought was kind of interesting, and that it is used only when they are being chased or harassed to escape a threat. Who knew? It's the
1: same with house cats, right? They don't like climbing trees.
0: Cougars can also breed any time of the year because they don't hibernate or follow a specific cycle. They also have litters of two to four kittens, although I'm not sure how many litters per year they will go for. I'm going to guess, though they can breed at any point in time, though they tend to stick to only one litter a year. But hey, I believe house cats is once every seven to nine months-ish, give or take. So it could be very well a similar schedule for cougars. What's more interesting is that you, if you're going off the beaten trail, may actually stumble across the kittens as the moms will stash them alone while she goes off looking for food. If you come across a cougar's den and kittens, again, do not run. But make sure you put distance between you and the babies, because no mama wants anybody near their babies. Adult cougars can weigh between 40 and 90 kilos, that's approximately 88 to 198 pounds. I currently outweigh a cougar. Good to know.
1: The new That's
0: not the word that's supposed to be there either.
1: <sighs>
0: the tracks of a cougar's footprints are asymmetrical. Meaning pretty much identical from one side to the other. They are rounded tender pad prints. And you will not see claw prints included in their steps. As like all cats. They retract their claws only use them when they need to. A paw can be as large as 10 centimeters or nearly four inches in diameter. And those are a couple, six fun little facts I learned about cougars today that I wanna share with you guys. So this week's question I have for you guys is, have you ever had a cougar interaction? Whether it be a close call or an actual attack, you guys can let me know on Twitter at Crown Crownesso, C R O W N E S S zero, or send me an email at Crownesso at Crownesso at gmail dot com. Of course, if you were watching this on the YouTube replay, hit me up under the bridge where all the trolls live down in the comment section below. I look forward to hearing you guys' stories. Um, myself, of course, growing up here in Cougar Country. I've had a few interactions with cougars. Um, They've always kept their distance from me. I've never felt threatened by a cougar's presence. Um, I'll say that I'm not weary of them, but I've never felt like they were threatening me. Uh, So I guess I'm kind of lucky that way. Where I grew up specifically, which is a small hamlet, just northeast-ish of where I am right now. Um, It's actually like the next community over. And it's, they would specifically walk along the train tracks. They would use the trestle near our community to bypass the valley. Which is actually kind of contradictory to uh, the information here about them not wanting to be exposed. Where it said that they will use valleys as a way to transport themselves. Uh, The cougars in our area would actually cross the trestle as it would save them time to get from point A to point B. Like, they're not dumb, um, but they would move from side to side of the tracks uh, in the ditches, and you could stand in my parents' store looking out the one window and watch them go along the train tracks and across uh, the property uh, from us. Uh, there was a couple instances in that same community where juvenile cougars did uh, attack pets and livestock in some of the surrounding areas, um, Acreages. Um, hanging out in the backwoods was a common thing when I was a kid. Uh, we watched beavers build dams. We stumbled across uh, Mama Grizzly and her cubs one year. That was interesting. We were like nine. <laughs> we went home really, really fast. <laughs> um, they had no interest in us, so you know, it was all right. I'm trying to think. I don't think there was any, any other closer interactions with cougars. I've seen them lots when I go through the mountain parks areas, uh, hanging out along the mountain edges and stuff. Yeah, I've never been attacked or made contact with them. So that's pretty all right. Guys, I hope you found this useful and an educational podcast today. Be safe out there if you're planning on hitting the trails especially with how hot and dry our province is currently with the ongoing forest fires may be forcing animals to leave their typical zones. Well, I know it is. They aren't going to stick around and be barbecued, right? So because the fires are pushing animals into different territories, they are having negative interactions with the people who are already living there, or the other animals, rather. And there is a higher risk of them Finding you out on the trails as they look for new sources of food and shelter. So, be careful when you're out there, guys. Plan ahead. Look at where you're going to be going camping this season, and stay safe. And after I do my closing here, I will answer the questions I see come up in chat. So, thanks for watching. The How to Dad podcast is open. But is open owned and hosted by myself, Devin Pierce, and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Share Life 4.0 International License, all rights reserved. Uh, We're currently available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you would like to see us on a different audio platform, be sure to let us know. I already talked about getting in touch with me via Twitter or email, and of course, in the comments on YouTube.